I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 492 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I've got a very special guest for you guys today. One of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history, Megatron. Calvin Johnson Jr. joins me on the podcast. Megatron is a part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2001. He will be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, later this summer. Megatron terrified defensive coordinators throughout his NFL career as he wrapped up 11,619 receiving yards with 83 touchdowns. He played his college football at Georgia Tech. He was selected with the number two overall pick of the 2007 NFL Draft by the Detroit Lions, the team in which he played his entire NFL career with. In 2016, Megatron went from the gridiron to the dance floor. He finished third place in season 23 of Dancing with the Stars. Calvin's main focus right now, along with his teammate Rob Sims, is their cannabis business, Primitive. Uh, Rob Sims will be here with me next week on the podcast. Calvin Johnson is going to talk to me about Primitive and so much more. He's going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Calvin Johnson was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between Megatron and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Megatron, please go back and check out some of the other interviews I've done with NFL Hall of Fame dads on First Class Fatherhood. I've had so many of them, including Deion Sanders, Kurt Warner, Terrell Davis, Ronnie Lott, Jim Kelly, Tim Brown, Andre Reid, and so many others. All of them are available for you guys to listen to in the archives of the podcast. All right, I got a special announcement for you guys. This weekend, Father's Day, I will be interviewed live on Fox & Friends. I hope you'll check it out. I'll be on there talking all about First Class Fatherhood. It's going to be an honor to be back on Fox & Friends, so don't miss out on that. Tune in Sunday morning, Father's Day, to check it out. If you missed out on my previous episode, skateboarding legend Tony Hawk was here. you got to flip it back and check that one out. And Friday on the podcast, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, arguably the greatest hitting catcher of all time, Mike Piazza will be here with me as well. Don't miss out on that one. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. Please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with the one and only Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, Dad, sports stadiums are beginning to fill up once again. Concerts are coming back, and Broadway shows will be here before you know it. It's time to take your kids to an event and start making memories once again. And there's nothing wrong with saving a few bucks while you do it. My partnership with SeatGeek means that you can save $20 off your tickets by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. Let's go, dads. We've been cooped up way too long here. It's time to start enjoying sports and entertainment again the way they were meant to be experienced, live and in person. Visit SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout and save $20 off your tickets. A gift for first-class fathers from First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Oh, thanks for having me on. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old? 
I have three kids. I got three boys, uh, ages seven, uh, two, and three months. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I got three boys myself, and we got the girl on the fourth try. You're gonna be trying for that girl here. You. <laughs> we were trying for the. We were trying for the girl in this last one. After this one, me, me and the wife looked at each other like. Yeah, I'll be good on these sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. If you could, Calvin, please just take one minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Of course, man. Um, you know, from Georgia, College Park, uh, raised in College Park in Tyrone, Georgia. Uh, went off to Georgia Tech, played uh, uh, football there, and got drafted uh, after my third year to the Detroit Lions. Uh, played nine years in the NFL there, and and just recently here, just got in, inducted in the Hall of Fame. But since I retired, you know, I've been. Um, you know, I put my entrepreneur hat on and been, and, uh, I've had three kids in that time and, uh, I'm now working in the cannabis industry. Yeah. You, you've been a busy guy. No doubt. Congratulations on, on getting into the hall of fame there. We're going to touch on the primitive in just a second here, but, um, obviously, you, you know, hall of fame career in the NFL, but take us back to this, uh, the beginning of your fatherhood journey here. Then how old were you when you first became a father, Calvin, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I believe I was 29 when I first had my, my first kid. And it's just like an instantaneous, like right before the kid gets there, or that, right, you know, the month leading up to it, you know, priorities change. You know, you're immediately just like, you're constantly like, okay, how do I live for him? How do I provide? How do I be the best father that I can? Yeah, yeah, very well said. And what would you, what would you consider to be the top values, Calvin, that you're hoping to instill in the boys growing up? Uh, just a sense of perseverance, you know, it's always going to be ups and downs, uh, humble, humbleness so that when you're on those ups, you know, you just stay consistent and, you know, keep doing what you're doing that got you there and then just love your neighbor, you know, just love, you know, I think that'll overcome a lot of things, but, um, having great attitude and effort too, and everything that you do. Yeah, good stuff. And you say there, love your neighbor. I, I know that uh, you're a faith-based person, as am I. How important is your faith and how important is it? How much of it is involved in raising your kids? Uh, tremendously. Um, you know, we are obviously in the age of, of coronavirus, but, you know, in the meantime, we still attend church. Not attend church, but we still go to church on Sundays. You know, we just go uh, 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 be online like everybody else is doing over the course of the last year. But really just really taking those, you know, those principles that we learned, that we've learned from when we were a kid and just trying to take those teachings that you that you have your raised that you got from your parents and, you know, Take the whole, take it full circle. My mom's father was a pastor. Uh, my mom is in, in seminary now. You know, she wants to be a minister as well. And, you know, when you hear it at home, you know, for me, when you hear it at home all the time, you know, it's mundane and for us. But then when you have a mentor in life and somebody to pour into you, and for me, that person was Derek Moore at Georgia Tech, you know, took me under his wing, you know, and really poured into me spiritually, helped me develop as a man. And, you know, until you, you really, you really need that other person, you know, this isn't a solo journey. And uh, having that community, you know, that's, 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 that's why I do the things that I do, that they're a direct reflection of me. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, uh, my favorite part of the day, Cal, we, the six of us, I, like I said, I have four kids. We, we sit down and have dinner every night at 6 o'clock together. We pray together as a family. And it's awesome because the technology goes away and it's just us communicating with one another. And I know you said, I think your oldest, you said, was seven. So, I mean, how are you with the screen time, with the technology? How are you guys? I know the pandemic uh, seems to have made this a little uncontrollable, but how do you kind of manage screen time and technology with the kids? Yeah, everybody being at home all the time, it kind of, for a parent, it's really easy just to give them that iPad, you know, but really for us, it's trying to make them have some kind of, you know, a learning tool, you know, view it as a learning tool, you know, don't allow them just to be on YouTube, 
you know, use it as a learning tool. And one thing that I love that you just say, you know, you pray with your family, man. That's, it's a, it's a habitual thing, you know, that we do in the morning, in the evening, at, at, at every, obviously at every meal, but especially at night, you know, we actually have our kids, you know, to try to you know, repeat our words as we're saying it so that they get used to, you know, um, you know, saying their prayers and understanding why we're doing it as well. Yeah, and I talk all the time on this show, Calvin, about the fatherless crisis we have going on. We got so many kids in, in our country growing up without a father, without a father figure in their life, and it's really having a devastating effect on our society. And I, I really think going forward, uh, many of the problems we're having in this country are going to be solved at the dinner table and, and through strengthening our family units. Yes, sir, I can I, I 100% agree with you. You know, um, we all have our uh, philanthropic endeavors, you know, and uh, minds of the Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation, and what we do with that is try to you know, to create a better society for, 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 for our youth, you know, and especially in those areas and in, in, in areas where there's a lot of economic struggle uh, in both Atlanta and Detroit and being able to give scholarships and show these, show, show, show our youth that, you know, there are people that are out there that want to help, you know, I put them in front of mentors, you know, people that they want to see, that they want to emulate, you know, try to gather those people from my network and put them in front of them. Like you said, it's, it's, it's not something that just, we just can't hope, hope it away. You know, it's, it's that's just going to have to be had. And, um, you know, you just gotta, everybody's got to try to do their part. Yeah, and God bless you for what you do. I know you're a big part of the community. And, and I know you and your partner, Rob, you guys started Primitive here. What, what was the genesis of this? Why did you guys decide uh, to start it? What could you tell listeners about it and where you headed with it? Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, uh, we came together. We missed the camaraderie of being on the field with our teammates, hanging out with our teammates. It was like, well, hey, let's create a company where, you know, we can encompass that, that camaraderie, but at the same time, do business deals together, you know, share our networks to create a better um, overall, a real well-rounded individual. Um, um, so from that spawn primitive, you know, that was our first endeavor out of, um, out of locker room consulting. And Rob and myself were the main um, investors in that in that group. Uh, Jared Bungar is one of our other owners in that. And you know, it's just it's been it's been a great journey. You know, the ebbs and flows of uh, of an amateur, I guess, businessman. You know, just learning of your way in a new industry that's constantly changing, and you know, being able to pivot. But I mean, we're here to change the stigma that everybody has um, that surrounds cannabis. You know, really just to highlight the healing powers of the plant. And, and show the, um, get to the science behind it. You know, there's many other applications than just smoking uh, a joint, you know, and then there's, there's so many more uh, ways that, so many more solutions that can be had, especially when you're talking about pain and um, neurological disorders. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm a big supporter of that as well because I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict myself, and I had a problem with, with oxys myself. And, and of everything I've done in my life, the least trouble I got into was from smoking marijuana. And I think that using it for a pain relief is a far better um, uh, substance to use other than these painkillers, these opiates that have really ripped through our country here. So uh, I, I love what you guys are doing here, and I love what the brand stands for. And, and then bringing it back I into you as a dad here, Calvin, what, what type of disciplinarian are you? as a father and is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with when i was growing up you know my dad was laid back you know he'd get on you if he had to if my mom pushed him to my mom was really that enforcer you know and for me you know i have a little bit of both in me you know i want them to be right you know you always want you know you know you want your kids to be perfect you know but we understand that we're all human and you know just taking a step back you know with my wife we literally we literally have books she has her app that we you know, follow along with the uh, development of our child. Like, okay, he can't reason yet. He's two years old. You know, we're telling him, he, does, he doesn't know what he's doing. So, okay, we got to be patient. You know, we got to talk to him, just communicate with him. And at the end of the day, it's just really just, just loving on them, 
you know, and then that's what they're going to do. Is, <laughs> they do what we want them to do because we love on them so much. <laughs> so um, really disciplining them, um, really don't really have to. Communication seems to work. I mean, I've been there where I, I, I pop my kid on the butt, but then you feel terrible afterwards. And I'm like, me and my wife sat down and talked about it. There's got to be a better way. We can't be, you know, there's, there's got to be a better way than this because we feel like if we, you know, we pop him on the butt, then he might want to lash out. We can't have that, you know. So uh, we, just communication and, you know, just continuous love and, and, and just showing them being patient is the key. I think mean, it's just being patient. I mean, it, it'll pay off. That patience, patience is a virtue. It'll pay off in your, it'll pay off in your kids. Yeah, very well said. And then another thing I, I love to ask all the NFL dads that I get on here, Calvin, is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you've talked about it extensively, the dangers that come along with playing in the NFL, with playing football. Concussions obviously have overshadowed a lot in the NFL. Uh, for a lot of parents, especially the dads, deciding whether or not to let their kids play tackle football is a huge decision. you got three boys yourself here. What would you what would you consider to be a, a safe age to let your kids start playing tackle football? You know, I just do what my mom did for me. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to play when I was playing, like, you know, when I was six, seven, eight years old. You know, I would see the team. They looked so cool in their, in their shoulder pads and the cool helmets with the flames on them and stuff. I just wanted to play because of that. But uh, my mom, I appreciate her doing what she did because she's just like, okay, I want you to develop. I want you to grow a little bit before you want to play. And if you still want to play when you get to seventh grade, that was her barrier of entry uh, that you could play then. And um, for, for, for me, I mean, I mean, it worked out. I would do the same with my kids. You know, um, there's no rush to get them in that kind of contact sports. There's so many other sports that they could use, do to develop their motor skills and just baseball, soccer. And, I mean, I feel like, you know, honestly, baseball is huge for me as, follow, as far as tracking the ball. You know, so um, it's no rush to get them in the, um, in the contact football. Yeah, and one of the things, too, Calvin, is flag football has become so popular now, too. Like, they didn't have that when I was a kid. We always played street ball, and I didn't play football till, till high school, but we always played in the street. We, we didn't have coaches and, and parents and referees watching us. We kind of picked the teams, made the rules, and settled all the arguments and fights and stuff. And our kid, I, I feel like our kids, they kind of get robbed of that pro problem-solving skill set uh, because we put them in these sports at such a young age. Very true. I mean, you take me back, you know, the sidelines were the curves, you know, we play in the middle of the street, you know, so I mean, that's just how, like you said, there's a lot of problems, problems that go on, you learn how to, you know, you probably get into your first fight, you know, you learn how to solve those kind of issues on a social level, and it, those are big for our kids, and, you know, I feel like my, everybody's kids have probably been robbed of it over this last year with, with all the social dis, you know, distancing. Yeah, definitely, and then obviously now, uh, you know, you, you've been uh, you're going into the Hall of Fame here. You got a Hall of Fame career. It's coming up. Did you uh, decide who's going to introduce you and what's it going to be like to share this moment with your family? Yeah, um, the um, gentleman I mentioned earlier, Derek Moore, you know, our chaplain out in Georgia Tech. I believe he's at, um, at South Carolina with Frank Beamer now. Um, but uh, no, he's going to introduce me. Like I said, he poured into me so much spiritually as a man. You know, he's like a second father figure for me. So I, I, there's no other person that I would want to do that. Yeah, very cool. It's going to be exciting to watch. And obviously, you know, being into the Hall of Fame now secures your legacy in the NFL as one of the all-time greats. Uh, what would you What would you hope your legacy is as a father? As a father, you know, just I mean, for me, it's just having successful children. Um, I look at my dad, and, you know, and I see him. He'll swell up with tears and, and just emotion uh, from just happiness. You know, just to see his kids and what they're doing right now. You know, I can only imagine. I just want to be able to have that and emulate that feeling when I get older, older, and just look at, look back at my kids and just watch them have success, whether it's on the field, in the classroom, where, 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 whatever it may be. 
Yeah, very cool. And I know you got the young one there now. What does your bedtime routine look like here, Calvin? Are you a, a storyteller, a lullaby guy? How does how does bedtime look in your Yeah, I break it down. Yeah, I break it down for you. So at nine o'clock, you know, the the three year old, he's napping throughout the day, but he's usually ready to take another nap at nine o'clock. <laughs> but um so that's my, my two year old and my nine year old uh, my seven year old, we go down at nine o'clock. Um might push it to nine thirty depending on what time they got up from the nap. But um go down at nine o'clock, clean up, um, you know, put our pajamas on. Uh, brush our teeth. Uh, we read a book. Uh, we um, turn on our, I mean, my, my two-year-old, we have a little sound for him, a little white noise. And uh, we say our prayers. And then everybody, you know, you know, says their prayers. And then we're off to bed, lights out. We read two books and prayer, lights out. Yeah, it, it sounds so simple. Sometimes I know it could be a battle yeah. at bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's diapers and stuff like that that happen in between there, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I got to ask you here, too, Calvin, about I've had several dads on here from Dancing with the Stars. I've had one of the one of the professional dancers, Maxim Shimerkovsky. I know you finished third on the place there uh, in Dancing with what, what was it? Did you get roped into this? Was this a volunteer thing on your part? And what was your experience like on Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, I got answers for you. Um, yeah, Dancing with the Stars was crazy. Um one thing I would say is, like, I didn't – I knew of Dancing with the Stars. I never really watched the full season, so I never understood, like, you know, the gravity of it and, you know, all of the work that goes into it. So uh, a whole different level of appreciation for dance, you know, truly a sport, you know. But um, uh, it was uh, it was a heck of an experience. My wife is the only – is basically the reason why I did it. They called me three times. I told them no every time. And the third time, this is when the, um, the, the, the phrase was popular, YOLO. You know, I was like, babe, they keep on asking me to do this show. She was like, YOLO. I was like, man, all right, whatever. And then on top of that, my older sister, she said I couldn't dance. So I was like, you know, me and her have an old sibling rivalry. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go show you. I'm going to go show you. And, you know, it was a nerve-wracking deal. But, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like, you know, anything you put your mind and energy and an attitude, good attitude for, you can do it. Yeah, I think it's so cool to see this other side, especially when you see the pro football guys on there. And, and then they say, too, and they say, just like you do there, about the hard work that goes into it, you get more of appreciation for it. But I think it's so cool to see everybody uh, getting involved in shows like that. And obviously now you have the primitive going. Uh, that's your front sight focus here. What other kind of uh, goals or plans do you have for yourself here for the future? It really just continuing the advancement of cannabis, man. You know, being innovative in the space. And then really just uh, continue on my foundation, you know, continue to give back and, and help those around me in my communities that I live in. And uh, just like I say, just continue to love one of those, those people around me, those, those all my family, but continue that legacy, my foundation and, and primitive. That's, that's what's in sight right now. And then Ray, like, obviously, you know, uh, kids are all <laughs> they're all around and part of that. Yeah, very, very cool. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Calvin, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, advice I would give to a new dad about-to-be father is, you know, listen to the wife, listen to your wife, uh, your significant other, whoever that might be, you know, and, you know, just just be there, you know, just be supportive, you know, in any way, any capacity, make her life easier, especially during that time if you're not doing it already. <laughs> so, just, you know, making her life easier will make your life easier at the same time. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Calvin Johnson Jr., you're a first-class father all the way. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks, Alan. Have a good one, man.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Calvin Johnson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you go through the archives of the podcast here. You're going to find my interviews with so many NFL Hall of Fame dads, uh, including Deion Sanders, Kurt Warner, Willie Rove, Morton Anderson. Uh, so many of the guys have stopped by here. Please go through, check it out. Mike Haynes, Tim Brown, uh, just to name a few of them, all right? And don't miss out on Friday's episode. Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Mike Piazza is going to be here to take us into the Father's Day weekend. It's going to be a great episode. Don't miss out on that. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.